0: What is up and welcome to another episode of Mind of a Black Author. And today we're going to talk about another Lelo project that I hold near and dear to my heart, The Chronicles of Lelo. So first of all, let me apologize for those who either read this book or purchased this book when it first dropped. So this was my first or well, my fourth official book that I had written. The first two in the series were written as a diary, and we both know those. I've talked about those on my other podcast as well. Um, The Diary of Lelo, which was my first ever book, was written as a diary. And Confessions of Imperfect Love, which is the diary of Gia, Sincere, and Janet. And pretty much the diary of Lelo was supposed to be Just a one-off. It was just supposed to be a day in the life of a um supervisor who works in a call center who actually is a recovering drug addict, alcoholic, etc. etc. And it was just really supposed to be a one-off, but people love the character so much that I had to write another book. Now I'm gonna talk about spoilers on all of these books these books have been out for about five years now and there's a lot <laughs> that went into this and i can't really go into the story behind the chronicles of Lelo without actually talking about the other books as well so just letting you know there's a lot of spoilers major spoilers i'm only going to spoil things that were that will help me explain what i need to explain but there's a lot of other things that go into these stories but we're just going to jump right in here So, Confessions of a Call Center Junkie, The Diary of Lelo, like I said, that was my first ever book, and it was written as a diary. And the character Lelo was, it was basically her writing this entire book herself, just going through her day-to-days, her love life, and things like that. At the end of the book, on the final chapter, the final entry that she puts into her diary, she's actually contemplating suicide because she's basically lost all. I'm not going to go into the details, but yeah, there was something that basically happened to her that has her contemplating suicide at this point. And then the book ends. And so what happened there was a lot of people were asking me after I released the book, did she die? Did she get her life together? What happened? And the reason I left it like that is because, you know, I wanted to, reader to basically believe what they wanted to if they believe that she died and killed herself at the end of the book okay if they believe that she got her life together you know it was basically up to the reader the story was so well done that i guess a lot of people just wanted more of it and so i came out with the next book which was confessions of imperfect love the diaries of gia sincere and janet And in that book, I did reveal what happened to Lelo. And like I said, big spoiler, she did commit suicide at the end of that book. And the reason I had to, you know, let you know that is because this is, you know, the story just continued on with other people that were part of the book prior. But the character Lelo was still so well liked and everybody wanted me to still write some more about her. And it's like, you know, well, she's dead. How can I write about her? Well, I had to do a prequel, which was the Chronicles of Lelo. And in this prequel, since she hadn't written in a diary before, I had to write this one like a traditional standard book. So this was my first time writing like this. Well, my second time, because I did it for my sci-fi as well. But my first time in the Call Center series writing like this. So it was my fourth book overall. And... I went back to just read it just recently and oh my god they had so many things wrong with it I'm talking about just grammatical errors formatting issues and things like that again I'm 20 books in now over 20 books in and so I have a flow that I do now I have a certain way that I write now and when I went back to read this book I mean it was terrible it was terrible that's why I said I had to apologize to anybody who read it prior to that so what I did was I went in there I cleaned it up a bit I changed the format I got everything situated to where it's supposed to and I'm basically reissuing this book out there now if you already have it in Kindle it should just automatically update with the new um, version that I sent out which cleans up a lot of the grammatical errors I'm probably sure I didn't grab all of them but yeah I mean just the first chapter alone was just really hard to (laughs) read for me and I am hard on myself. I know it probably isn't as bad as I said it was, but it was terrible to me. There was just so many mistakes and things like that. So I went through each chapter and just basically reread it, redid it and got it back out. So the good thing is because I went through it, I was able to get a new perspective of this book that I wanted to kind of share with everybody today. So that is why I had to basically talk about a certain spoilers in this a book and the other ones to come all right so grammatical mistakes aside <laughs> this book was actually pretty fun i mean you know and i'm not saying it just because i wrote it but it was actually pretty fun so you meet this character Lelo at her worst point so you know from the diary book that she met gia you know at her lowest point where she was just on the curb after a club and she was just basically drunk high and everything But you get a little more detail into that situation. So I decided when I first wrote this, I wanted to start at that meeting. I wanted to start with these two meeting each other after just such a horrible night. And you get it in a lot more detail. And it was a lot worse than what Lelo actually wrote in the diary. So one thing I want to point out that what Lelo wrote in her diary, there will be conflicting things that differ slightly from the Chronicles of Lelo. And the reason I did that is because, again, Lelo really didn't take responsibility for a lot of things in her life in the diary, and at least not until the end, and I really wanted to show what really happened. So yeah, there's going to be slight differences. That was done purposely. That wasn't a mistake on my part. I literally did that on purpose because now you're getting to see some of the events she spoke about in her diary you're starting to see these happen in real life and you can see that obviously certain things are slightly off. One of the things I like about the diary is she thinks that she's the one that um is Gia's shoulder to cry on. She thinks she's Gia's supporter but when you read this book you can tell yeah yeah no Gia is the one who basically is the one who got her together and she admits that in the diary too but At the point where she is in the diary, she thinks she's the one that everybody comes to. She's the one, the level-headed one. She's the one, the shoulder to cry on and all that. And that's just not true. It's not at all. So you'll see different personality things like that. And it was done purposely. But what I liked about this book is it dealt with the recovery process. And I knew that I put a lot of that in there, especially with her meeting her therapist for the first time and then her going to her. Narcotics Anonymous meetings, but I didn't realize how much I had put in there. It was like, it really made the story pop. I mean, for somebody who's going through recovery, that actually may help to really see some of the process. And yeah, I mean, I thought it was real interactions with her and her therapist and her sponsor. And you really got to see a lot of things about the character and you could see her evolve. And it wasn't just a lot of the ratchet stuff because there's some of that in there too because it's Lelo. I mean, you know, she is who she is. But a a lot of it had to do with the recovery process and her trying to get her life back together and things like that. And it also has to do with her love life and issues of sorts and things at her job and stuff like that. So you really get to know this character a little better, I believe, because now you're getting to see the real Lelo as opposed to the diary where you're seeing her the way she sees herself you know even when she's hard on herself you know she's battling depression which she does often and you get to see about a lot of things like how she brings a lot of trouble to herself like for example she has a she's dating a guy named Derek in the call center and you know they're cool they met at the call center you know it's a little fling this and that but she gets bored with him. And then she starts to date a guy named Mark behind his back that also works at the same call center. <laughs> so it's, it's just crazy to what the way she does things. It's like, why would you bring, you know another person basically try to hook up with another person when you're still dating someone else in the same call center so Gia warned her that it was going to blow up in her face and did it ever so things like that you get to see how she gets bored with guys quickly which is something she did mention in her diary as well so you really get to see the outside of Lelo. You finally get to see the true person she is. And you may think she's a horrible person. You may think she's a good person. I don't know. I mean, It's really up to you to decide what you think, but you, one thing you do see is a person who is struggling with her addictions. One person who is really trying to get her life together. So she says, but then she makes stupid mistakes that ends up setting her back. Now, certain things are out of her control, which I'm gonna talk about here in a second, But a lot of the things that she goes through, especially dealing with her love life, this is all on her. Everything that she goes through with those two guys there. And I'm gonna talk about one of those situations here in a moment. So after reading it, there are two pieces (laughs) that I really liked that I wrote. You know, one was fun, one wasn't. One was uh, more tragic. And I'm gonna talk about both of those pieces here. And again, spoilers. So if you haven't read the book, you're gonna get spoiled on two big situations. And I just wanted to talk about them because I thought this was basically the essence of Lelo herself. And these were the two points that I think I had the most fun. And I can really tell by the way it's written that I had a lot of fun with these um, two sections of the book. And I think the reason I had so much fun is both of these incidents are based on real life things and i'm not gonna get into too many details about that but i'm gonna just give you my perspective of those issues so let's talk about the fun one first so it's in the chapter called the quiet room and in that chapter basically lelo and mark hook up for the first time now, just to kind of set the stage, so Lelo decides, you know, she's dating Derek, who was the guy she was with first. And with this little flirtation ship that she has with Mark, which is basically them, they're all outside of work, talking to each other, calling, texting and all that. But they hadn't done anything as of yet. So she really didn't feel she was doing anything uh, that would make her guilty. So she hadn't slept with him as of yet. But she decides to man up or woman up, if you want to say, and tell him, look, this thing can't continue on. I got a dude here. It's not fair to him. Blah, blah, blah. So Mark is like, okay, cool. You know, I tried because Mark was very aggressive. He told her that he's going to steal her from Derek. You know, he was just that cocky and she loved that. She loved that arrogance. She loved that cockiness. She likes those bad boys. So this is why she stays in a lot of trouble she's in. So... You know, she she does the right thing and says, look, I'm just gonna step away. I I can't do this anymore. And Mark is like, cool. But if you know Lelo, Mark still is her man. And when Mark starts to flirt with another woman in the call center, that sets her off. And keep in mind, they were never together, period. And, but that's still her territory. So if you've worked in a call center before, you know how this works out. Women get jealous real quick. And as far as a guy is concerned, Hey, if I can't get with this girl, I can go get with another girl. And that's what Mark did. He was like, okay, you know, he had fun with Lelo. He really liked her, but hey, she doesn't bite. I'll go mess with somebody else. Lelo starts to see him, you know, smiling in the face of the girl. She gets real jealous. And so she drags him off into the quiet room because, you know, I want to talk to you about something. So what the quiet room is, it's a room in a call center that I used to work for that reps can go and kind of just take a break you know most people went in there and took naps on their breaks and lunches or watch tv it was really a dark room with a couch with a tv and everything and people just really went in there just to kind of you know get away from things i know one of the things i used to do back in the days when the sopranos used to preview i used to work on sundays and i didn't want to wait to watch it on dvr when i got home so i would just take my break right when the sopranos would come on and actually watch it in the quiet room so that's what the quiet room was actually meant for so eventually people started having sex in a quiet room and it got to the point so bad that management started to lock the doors after they well before they left just to keep people out of the quiet room then they converted it into something else but yeah i know people personally who actually had sex in that room so i wanted to write a scene like that now obviously this situation between Lelo and mark was all made up but they went in there to argue and then they eventually had one of those moments where Lelo becomes the aggressor because she actually fantasized about sleeping with mark before it was a couple chapters before she had sex with derek but she was envisioning mark and that's what made the sex passionate so now she had a chance to kiss him and she does And Mark, he's kind of thrown off about it because, you know, she's basically spazzing out on him as if, um, you know, she was his woman. And, you know, all of a sudden she starts kissing and he just runs with the flow and they end up having sex. He pins her against the wall, kind of works her there and then ends up bringing her to the couch and finishes her up. And it's such a great scene. It's such a fun scene. And I enjoyed writing that scene. And then, you know, as they're getting themselves together after the deed, somebody had walked into the room and noticed them, didn't see who it was, just noticed see you could tell that they just finished having sex and leaves out. And of course, there is a big rumor that goes around. If you worked in the call center, you know this, about people having sex in the quiet room. And that's basically i like to think that's how it probably started at the call center i worked at so it was a fun scene i enjoyed that scene i enjoyed the the level of passion they had you know it caught mark off guard but lelo you know she was just yearning for him and she just went in there to kind of go off on him and just you know became the aggressor one so she made a bad situation worse which is what lelo pretty much does all right so the next section that i really enjoyed writing which was a bad section and the reason i say it's bad because it was really tragic it comes from the chapter entitled just when i thought i was out so leto had basically gotten her life together she was sober she was doing well at work she became like a um, all-star star star of the quarter whatever you want to call it and you know she became a top rep she's a sponsor to a New young female that she met at her NA, you know, meeting. So she's she's really turning her life around, and just as the title states, that was all short lived. So what ends up happening? She's basically a good employee. She wants the award, and normally, what happens in those types of situations, at least at the call center I used to work at, several of them actually, is they always have an event for their top employees. So in this case here, this was an event where all the top stars basically go to a game or outing or whatever in this situation they went to a hockey game now was like i don't know nothing about hockey i don't want to drive out there because she has an unreliable car that keeps breaking down and she didn't want to drive into the city and so the director decides hey look i will bring you there and back no problems and was like okay cool you know i'm, I'm good with that so Lelo, of course, goes to the party. She has fun, has a few drinks. Her director is leering at her the entire time. Like he's, you know, Lelo is one of those people who dress really provocative so to speak you know she always has her heels on in the call center for whatever reason you know she's wearing these sexy outfits and of course the outfit she chooses to wear for the outing is just as provocative and the director basically he's leering at her out of the corner of his eyes for the most part um at the end of the game basically the game is over he's basically said bye to everybody he comes up to her and she's uh, asleep in the chair he's kind of looking at her again leering at her And uh, wakes her up and says, hey, the game's over. You know, it's time to go back. And as they walk out, they notice the traffic because there was a soccer game in the area as well. And he, the director says, you know, last time this happened, we were in traffic for about two hours. And Lelo's like, two hours? Oh, my God. And he says, you know what? Let's, um, you know, if we want to wait out the traffic for a little bit, I got a place that we can go and kind of chill and hang. And Lelo's like, okay, you know, whatever. She's fine with it. And... He brings her over to a hotel and it's a luxurious hotel, but it's a hotel, you know And Lilo's kind of skeptical at this point. She's like, I don't know about all that. He was like, no, it's cool You know, just we'll just hang out for a little bit and let the traffic die down And you know eventually talks her into it and he brings her over to a company-owned suite or a company suite that they normally uh, rent out from the hotel And you can see where this is going And so she gets there and he just can't help himself. And he looks at her. She's so beautiful. She's sexy. And he decides to make his move and he offers her, you know, this is what I want from you. He wants to basically smash and (laughs) so to speak. And he says, look, what I can do for you, if you allow me to do this, I can make sure that you have the best schedule ever. You don't have to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about your scorecard because I'm going to make sure that's high. Um, I'm gonna make sure you're off the phone most of the time. Say, you know, you let me hook up with you, then you probably won't be on the phone for about a good 15% of your time, you know, per month. And Lilo actually thinks about it because she hates her job, but this, you know, she works hard at it just to get where she is. But this is like, hey, if I can do all these things, you know, just to smash this little old dude once, you know she actually considers it but you know as bad as she is even she isn't that You know crazy to think okay i'm gonna do this because she has a little self-worth somewhat and it's built with her recovery and all that and so she refuses him and then that's when everything changes because he says you can go the opposite way too you know i can make sure that you have the worst schedule on the floor every time there's overtime guess who's going to get selected each time and i'll make sure that you stay on the phone all times and if you're even you know late by a second i'll make sure that goes against your record and you will never meet your metrics as well so what all that means is he's essentially saying you're going to get fired because if you basically fail your scorecard so many times or you come in late so many times they can fire you lelo she cannot afford to not have a job not even for a day you know she's living check to check she doesn't have the type of funds or savings that can get her by and knowing that this man holds her job you know, in the palm of his hands, she bends to his will. And, you know, she's abused sexually, really, is what happens. She's forced to have sex with this old man. And even though I wrote this years and years ago, it reminds me of House of the Dragon that just came out this year. And when King Viserys is sleeping with Alicent, it's the creepiest thing. And that's how I really pictured this when I was reading it uh, recently, because... I wanted it to be creepy i didn't want this to be you know sexual scene where oh okay the way he's touching her she you know things that would normally turn her on it disgusts her because this old man is just you know using her body and even when he's working her in the bed he finally brings her to the bed and starts having sex with her he doesn't even care about the pain in her eyes she's in tears she's crying because this is just it's messed up, you know, and she's being abused sexually, being forced to have sex with somebody who's wielding his power over her. And he doesn't, he just ignores it. He's just trying to basically get off on her. And he, you know, it's a very sick situation. And at the end of that situation, <laughs> um, she, he kind of says, okay, so next time we'll do it a little better or whatever. And she's like, jumps up like, next time I thought all I had to do was this one time you know and this would all be done he was like i never said that and so what he's done is he's taken advantage of her knowing that she's weak-willed and said hey you know i'll probably just hook up with you maybe four maybe five times because you're just so beautiful blah 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 and by the time she's telling this story to a therapist they've hooked up 10 times and she's just falling off the wagon because it's just really breaking her heart to do this being forced to do this and the reason I said I enjoyed writing this because I really wanted to show the creepiness in this. Now, as far as this being based on reality, only thing I'll say about this is, for what I understand, the real situation was consensual. I don't know if something like this legitimately happened to this point where she was forced to do this. For what I understand, the chick who went through this situation, who had sex with the director, was it was consensual like she agreed to do it not anything that he pushed on her for what i understand and so i'm gonna leave it at that i'm not going to go into details about you know that situation but this was based off a real situation so i just kind of wrote it the way that i see it like why would somebody who is young cute pretty have sex with an old balding you know person of power and the reason is because they wield that power and in Lelo's case It was her job that he was wielding. All right, so the creepy stuff aside, I want to talk about another thing that happened in this book, and that was Lelo's relationship with Raven. So Raven was a another abuser of drugs that she met. And this is who Lelo was working with as the girl's sponsor. Now, you don't mention you don't see this mentioned in the diary book at all. And so I can give you the George Lucas answer or I can give you the truth answer. (laughs) So the George Lucas answer is the reason why Raven isn't mentioned in the diary book is because it was such a tragic event. Essentially, just kind of set this up. So Raven had lost her children to CPS because she was on drugs and things like that. And she was trying to get her children back and she was going to get interviewed by the CPS folks um on a monday or something like that i can't remember the exact date and so she wanted Lelo to be there with her because she was a little nervous talking to these people and she didn't know she wanted basically she wanted her her um, sponsor to be there as support and Lelo agreed to do that Lelo didn't show up because Lelo was too busy trying to get vengeance on her director you know when she finally stepped up and decided enough was enough She was on the she was trying to get vengeance on her director and ended up missing the appointment. And after she realized what was going on, she goes to the uh, Raven's house. And, you know, Raven's just basically broken up about the situation, saying that the CPS people told them they'll check back with her in six months. They said they liked her progress, but she still has a long way to go. And Raven is just losing her mind because she wanted Lelo to be there for her. Lelo had been there before. You know for her when she was uh, trying to get a fix and came out in the middle of the project and brought her home and things like that so she really put a lot of trust into her sponsor and when her sponsor didn't show up you know she felt like she was nervous she blew the questions and she didn't want anything to do with Lelo after that and we find out the next chapter that she ends up overdosing on heroin because she went back to her old ways and without her children, she just lost her mind and went crazy and died. And of course it breaks Lelo's heart. Now, it's such a traumatic event for her that she doesn't want to talk about it. And so in the diary book, she does it, she'll, she'll talk about different traumatic events, but she never talks about Raven because she thinks she's the reason that Raven's dead. Even though everybody tried to convince her that's not true, she doesn't believe that. And she has a pain and hurt in her that just, you know, bothers her to the point where, you know, at that point in the book, she was thinking about harming herself but she eventually gets over it kind of lets it go she has a tattoo of raven uh um, well dedicated to raven on her arm but she doesn't talk about this character in the book because it's still one of those things that's too hard for her to face and it's one of those things that could really set her on the wagon so she really avoids this conversation at all time which is the reason why she doesn't think about raven in the book at all now that's the george lucas answer The real answer is, I didn't think about it. Raven was a character that was made up for this book that wasn't even considered in the diary because you had a lot of other things going on in the diary to the point where, you know, I really didn't consider writing a prequel, so this was never in my mind. And I really wanted to show that because I wanted it to really break her in the end and to show that her vengeance, even though justified, it distracted her And let her off a path that she could have helped. Now, keep in mind, Raven still could have failed this meeting with Lelo there, and she still could have done this. But in the end, you know, I wanted it really to be on the back of Lelo's mind. I really wanted to push her to that limit to show where that vengeance comes from and how it can affect the way that she thinks about things. And... You know, you don't really see a vengeful Lelo in the the diary, so to speak. I mean, she does a couple things here and there, but she may have learned from this and really started to focus on trying to get her life together. But it's still a painful discussion that she doesn't want to talk about. So it kind of fits the book, if you want to be honest with you. But yeah, that's the reason why Raven was never mentioned in the book, in the diary book, because it's just too much pain for her to discuss. So. Again, you know, you can go with the George Lucas thing. The reason I say George Lucas is because he talks about Star Wars things like he had it planned and he didn't, but he'll say, well, this is always going on and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right, George. I don't believe any of that. Okay. The final thing I'll leave you with is how do you read this series? So this is a prequel and technically you can read this book first because it ends literally where the diary starts so when Lelo starts to write in her diary at the end of this book it basically goes into the um diary of Lelo book so it literally has her writing into her diary starting that book off so technically you can read this book first and then go into confessions of a call center junkie the diary of Lelo and then read the confessions of imperfect love the diaries of Gia sincere and Janet So you can do it that way or you can read it in the way that they were released. If you do it that way, there'll be a lot of Easter eggs in this book that basically are covered in the other two books that you may have missed or or something that you may recognize. So if you read the Diary of Lelo first and then the Diaries of Gia, Sincere and Janet and then read um, the Chronicles of Lelo what you'll get is you'll see a lot of characters who are mentioned like for example in the diaries of gia sincere and janet sincere wasn't mentioned in the diary of Lilo book; he was a new character that was created for that book but you do get to see him briefly in the chronicles of Lilo, so you get to see that you also get to see some of the things that with gia so you know for a fact if you've read the Uh, diaries of Gia sincere and Janet Gia is very loyal to people that she shouldn't be you know she shouldn't have been loyal to Lelo in this book and you see that personality trait in this book of how she's very loyal to Lelo even though Lelo does stupid things and you know ignores her half the time just because Lelo wants to do her own thing so there's a lot of things little easter eggs that you'll pick up Uh, Kasim he's Featured in the uh, Chronicles book, you get to little learn a little bit more about him and this infamous date that him and Lilo went on and how that all came to pass. So there's a lot of things if you read it that way that when you're reading the Chronicles, if you read that one last, you'll start to say, oh, OK, you know, some of these characters start to come to life. But you don't have to read it that way. You can read it just the way it is. You know, if you want to read the prequel first, that's fine. You can read it and then ju- it drew basically drills right into the diary book and then the diary book drills right into the um, diaries of Gia, Sincere, and Janet so basically any any way you want to read it that's fine but I did want to apologize because like I said when I released this book there was a lot of and I got a lot of good feedback don't get me wrong but people overlooked some of those typos and things like that and so for those who did read it and overlooked those things I appreciate it Because yeah, I was just embarrassed after I read it and that's why I had to go clean it up. I mean, I literally spent I don't know how long just combing through this trying to get everything cleaned up. And like I said, it's probably not 100% still, but it is still a hell of a lot better than what it was um, when I started looking into it. So If you love this book, please, please, please give it another shot. If you haven't read this book, it's your first time. I suggest you read the other two ones first, the other two diary books first. But if that's just not your style, then hey, jump right into... The Chronicles of Lelo, because you will be surprised. I know I gave a lot of big spoilers. I'm not going to give out any more, but yeah, there was a lot of other things that happened in this book that was just really shocking and fun and traumatic and things like that. So, you know, take some time out. Hope you check it out. If you've checked out the Chronicles of Lelo before, thank you for the support. Check it out again, because like I said, I had to clean up a lot of things. I hope it reads a little better this time around. But yes, it's it's still a fun book, and I enjoyed the character. I actually thought about doing another prequel book about this, this time with Lelo and Janet um, in their younger years, maybe teenage years, and to show where she really got started into the drugs and all that. But I don't know. It never came to pass. I thought about doing it, and it never really came to pass. I really don't have a story in my head that I want to really drive home about it, but if I had to say, this is definitely my most traumatic character. I mean, I put this girl through the ringer for real. She's gone through a lot in these two books. And, you know, it, it's nice to see her in her good times. Um, but, yes, yeah, it's a very tragic story. So, I don't know. Maybe people don't want to read about tragic. But if you read about some of her things that she's overcame and things like that, I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. And it may be even a little motivating. So... Anyways, have you read the book before? What are your thoughts? Leave your thoughts in the comments below, as always. And if you want to check out this or any of my works, hit me up at www.enigmakid.com. That's www.enigmakid.com. It's your boy Enigma signing off. Deuces.